Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. Welcome to the How to Eat Less Water podcast. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez. Happy holidays. I hope you had a really wonderful Thanksgiving if you celebrate Thanksgiving with your family and friends. I know I had a really wonderful time and I feel really good about how I was able to reduce my food waste this year. There is still some mashed potatoes inside my refrigerator that likely will not be eaten, and mashed potatoes don't necessarily freeze very well, but I wasted zero turkey. If you listen to my podcast on the food waste around Thanksgiving, you'll know that on average, we throw away about 40% of our turkey. But the reason I didn't throw away any turkey is because we didn't make a turkey. I knew that only four people who would be dining with us around our table were interested in meat. We made instead a small roasted chicken and it was great. So we just pass on the turkey all together and we have the chicken. And yesterday I made the leftover of that chicken into taquitos. So not a single piece of that meat was was wasted. So those are just the really simple things that we can do if we're paying attention and intentional around our meal planning and then about how we utilize those leftovers afterwards. Because all of these little things do add up to big things if more of us are paying attention to these things, right? So this episode, when this releases, it is the day before December. So we are well into the holiday season and thinking about decking the halls, decking our halls with our trees, our decorations, gift buying, just any way that you celebrate the holiday requires purchases, whether it's food or it's things that we bring into our home during this time. So I'm going to give three different ideas around how I will be approaching this holiday season with an eye on sustainability and growing well-being on our planet throughout the holidays. It doesn't stop just because the holidays started. It's how can I continue to integrate these concepts that I talk about around just being part of the solution. And it extends beyond our food, although that holds the most power because it uses the most water and is also one of the biggest contributors of um, greenhouse gases. But there's all these other ways that we can also be part of the solution. For me, I've learned through this path of eating less water and living more sustainably is it grows not just the well-being for 
the planet, but it's mirrored in my own life and in my own experience of how I'm experiencing a day or experiencing a holiday is so much more delicious because I'm more intentional. I'm more thoughtful around the entire process, not just about getting to the destination. For example, for Thanksgiving, when I reflect back on why it was such a nice day, it was because it wasn't so focused on getting all the food on the table, but rather the entire process from the meal planning, being intentional around that, to the procurement of food, which is the shopping of the food at the farmer's market and at my market. It was the whole process was really nice. And the energy of the day as well took on not one of expectation, not one of of feeling like my kids are obligated to join me in the kitchen. It was whatever unfolds is exactly as it should be. And with that energy, it was just a really beautiful day. And not even just day, but the pre-days leading up to that day. And that's a case for the holidays, regardless of how you celebrate it, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, it is a time when we are doing much more celebrating. And if you're feeling that stress, then it's maybe time to reflect and do some journaling on what is causing that stress and what can you start to shed so it doesn't have to feel so stressful because this time should be delightful. So these ideas, I hope, will bring some more delight into your holiday season. So the first idea, you know, this is interesting for me. I've always had a real Christmas tree. And I know that it sounds counterintuitive for some people because the artificial Christmas tree industry has done a really good job around promoting this idea that the artificial tree is more sustainable. But it has its problems. And one is the water footprint. It's not just food that has water footprints. If you look around you right now, everything, what you're wearing, what you're sitting on, everything you have in your home, the materials to make your home, everything has a water footprint. The water footprint for an artificial tree is about 855 gallons because plastic has a water footprint. And of course, artificial trees are made of PVC and the iron pole in the center, but it is primarily a plastic construction. First off, what I was reading about the artificial trees is it takes seven years for it to be considered sustainable. In other words, you have to use it for that long, but then you have the issue of what happens to the tree after you're done with it. A real tree is fully biodegradable, obviously. It's a tree. And most places, I know in our place, has a recycling program, so after you're done with your tree, it becomes mulch. Also, when you buy a a real tree, it's grown in a farm where it is meant to be cut down. So when it's cut down, another tree is grown in its place. If we're looking at what is the best choice for sustainability, a real tree or an artificial tree, many of these farms that grow Christmas trees are small family-owned operations. The tree lot I go to here in Oxnard is a small family business. Um, It's a family that I recognize from when my kids were going to elementary school in Ventura. The mom is there selling the trees. 
things. Her sons are there helping. Her husband drives to Oregon and brings back a huge truckload of trees. I like to buy from the smaller businesses versus the large big box stores that sell the trees, but they are also mostly purchasing from smaller scale family farms. The other thing to think about as well, of course, a tree has a water footprint as well. Remember, a plastic tree is 855 gallons. I came across a statistic that just didn't seem quite right, but the only one I could come across for the water footprint of a real tree is 23.8 gallons. The thing about that statistic that didn't seem quite right is it takes 10 to 11 years for a tree to grow to be about six feet. But as I was doing more research around it, what I learned is most of these tree farms do not have any irrigation, which then means it comes from green water, which is natural rain. It's not water that's diverted from the natural cycle. It's not coming from groundwater supplies or from reservoirs or rivers, which is considered blue water. You could call it uh, rain-fed, that they're rain-fed or even dry-farmed trees. So that's also good news when you look at the difference between an artificial tree versus a real tree. And then you have the other piece, which is what I was talking about before around the experience, the lead up. It's not just the end result of we need to have a tree in our living room decorated where it's about efficiency, really. That's when we start to lose the flavor of an experience, at least for me, when, for example, if I approach Thanksgiving or any kind of event, okay, I just need to get this food out get people fed, then the flavor of the experience gets lost. And that's the point of this whole thing, isn't it? It's the connection with each other, the experience, the feeling of joy and happiness. And I don't just mean the event itself, but I'm talking about the larger, like this whole life experience. When it comes to buying a tree, when I think back to my own experience as a child, we always would go and get a tree. And we would sometimes even go out to tree farms. Most of the time we would go to a tree lot and together choose a tree and it'd come down to a few trees and then we'd vote to decide which tree we'd want. So that whole experience and putting it on the car and driving it home and then you would bring it inside and the smell, that just beautiful smell of Christmas with the pine needles and having that smell continue throughout December. So it's not just about going into the garage, putting the artificial tree together, sticking it into the the holes in the slot of the iron pole and then having it oftentimes with the lights, but it's the experience of the tree, not just the tree itself, but the whole lead up to it. That's something to consider as well. Now, real trees also have some issues, and the issue is the pesticides that are used to grow trees for 10 years. Pesticides and the petroleum-based fertilizers, that's not good for soil health. There are some organic trees, and in the show notes, I have some links for you where you could find where organic trees are sold in your area. Only 1% of all Christmas trees sold are organic. But if more of us start asking for 
organic trees, consumers have power to make changes in the marketplace by asking for the things that we want and making it clear that we care about organic, that we care about pesticide-free, and also rewarding those farms that are doing that already, that are looking at how can they grow trees more sustainably. So while I was doing research for this podcast, what I learned is where I live um, in Oxnard, California, there is a tree farm that, that grows trees organically in Somis, California, which is only about 20 minutes from my house. That was really great for me to see, and I will maybe change it up this year and head out to the tree farm. It's a good example of better and best, which I write about in my book. Better in this case is to purchase a real tree and to move away from the artificial trees. But the best would be to buy a real tree that's grown organically. So we can't always be best, but we can move to do better than what we're doing now. And if you do have an artificial tree, consider keeping that tree for as long as you can. So remember, it's seven years before that tree is considered sustainable. If you are considering getting a real tree, at least wait and until that time frame is up, keeping it for as long as you can. And then when you're done using that tree, instead of throwing it away, maybe donating it to the thrift store in your area, donating it to another family or organization that can use it for their decorations in their front offices. I don't know, just start getting creative of how can you lengthen that tree life before it ends up in the landfill. Because once it does end up in the landfill, which it eventually will. So those are some things to consider when you're thinking about decking your halls sustainably with your tree. Now, many of the same principles carry for the decorations in your house. Consider things that are biodegradable. For example, skip the plastic as much as you can. Instead, choosing things that are wood, choosing things that are felt or fabrics. Go outside and cut some branches off of your tree, pine cones from the ground. Those types of natural things that are biodegradable that don't cost you any money and just the simplicity of them looks lovely. But maybe putting some LED lights within that and lighting that up. So being creative around it, it reminds me of how Estrella, my daughter, when I asked her to set the table for Thanksgiving, she found a mason jar of sunflowers that we already had in the house that she used as a centerpiece and then gathered the, those small miniature pumpkins that we had purchased throughout the month and placed those around the flowers with some tea lights. And that's what she made as our centerpiece. And I loved it because it was simple, it looked elegant, and it was just shopping our house of what we had and using materials that are biodegradable and that we can use again. The other thing is when you're looking for decorations, choose things that are good quality, that it is going to last decades over that item that will break after a few years or you're not going to like after a few years, but because it's a good price that you choose it. Over the long run, 
you'll be spending more on decorations because if you're having to repurchase every few years versus just having a few boxes of things that you really love that are heirloom quality that you could pass on. Also look at state sales and thrift stores to reuse decorations. So those are easy ways that we can deck our halls more sustainably, find biodegradable options, good quality, purchase used. And the last would be fair trade. If you're buying things from overseas, purchase from fair trade groups. Like for my Eat Less Water shop, If I'm buying products that are outside of the U.S., I'm looking for fair trade products that I can bring into the fold because we want to treat the earth well and we want to treat people well. The last idea I'm going to leave you with is for under the tree, for the gifts that you'll give. What are ideas that we can approach this more sustainably? Many of the same things that I talk about with decorations, we could also utilize for the gifts that we give, fair trade gifts, used. What I noticed is for my kids, a lot of what's on their list, Estrella especially, are clothes from Depop, which is used clothes. So instead of purchasing her new clothes, she wants, she has this whole list of clothes that she wants that are used. So that's what I'm going to buy for her this year for Christmas. I noticed too for my son Joaquin that the things that he's asking for are from eBay, vintage belt buckles and vintage bell-bottom jeans. Again, buying used. So fair trade gifts, used gifts, buying things that are good quality, not things that are going to break after a few weeks, a few months, even a few years, like looking for those good quality products that will last years and years, looking for products that are biodegradable. And this is a great opportunity to buy things that are edible and drinkable and looking at how can we support those small scale farms while doing it. For example, for my dad, I'm going to get him, he loves tequila. I'm going to get him Alquemia tequila, which is an organic tequila I write about in my book and just do fantastic things. He doesn't need any more things. He doesn't need stuff. I know I don't need stuff. I think most of us don't need anything. Why not give gifts of something that's delicious, that is growing well-being, that's supporting small-scale farms in your area? There's so many great choices, whether you're looking at chocolate, coffee, a basket of fruit, like uh, pomegranates and persimmons and things in season now, biodynamic wines, organic tequilas and bourbons. There's so many wonderful options. And also in the show notes, I'm going to link a really wonderful source that I was reminded about as I was doing research on how to find organic Christmas trees near you is a site called Local Harvest. And you put the area that you live, and it'll give you a list of where you can find organic trees near you. You can also use it for all other things. So you can find those small-scale farms near you and consider heading out to a farm and doing your shopping there. 
They need you and we need them. So it's a really great way to give and grow well-being and deck our halls sustainably this year. I hope you found these to be action tips that you can utilize for your holiday season. And if you have other ideas, please send them to me because this is how we cross-pollinate. I've received so many good ideas from you that I can integrate and share in this podcast or on social media or in my newsletter. If you're not signed up for my newsletter, consider doing so. Oh, and I almost forgot. Join me on Sunday, December 11th if you live near Santa Barbara and my pop-up shop from 11 to 4. I will be there in the Truth and Love store, which is a beauty store with really phenomenal organic items with zero plastic and which also make great gifts for yourself and for others this holiday season. So come on in. We'll have some yummy snacks and good things to drink. I would love to see you this holiday shopping season on Sunday, December 11th from 11 to 4, again in the Truth and Love shop in Paseo Nuevo in Santa Barbara. I hope you continue to enjoy this holiday season with the people you love doing the things that you love to do. Deck the hall sustainably. Meet me here again on Wednesday. Be well. Let's stay connected. Sign up for my newsletter and receive more tips in your inbox weekly and 15% off your first purchase at the Eat Less Water Shop. You can also find me on your favorite social media space at Eat Less Water. Please remember to hit subscribe and leave a review, even if it's only the star rating, because every one of them will increase the chances of other like-minded folks to find us. Thank you for joining me on this journey to eat less water. Together, we will write the story of well-being for this planet we have the privilege to call home. Meet you back here every Wednesday. There is power in the collective.